Kura, this program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Wellington Access Radio, make your voice heard. On the 19th, 1977, the world teacher, the Christ Maitreya, head of the spiritual hierarchy, emerged from his ancient retreat and is now in the modern world. With his disciples, the masters of the wisdom, he will inaugurate the new age of synthesis and brotherhood. Good morning and welcome to our World Teacher Programme on Wellington's Access Radio 106.1 FM presented by Teresa and David on behalf of Share International New Zealand. Today our focus is on Benjamin Krem's book Messages from Maitreya the Christ. This book is a transcript of all 140 messages as given through Benjamin Krem who explains that Early in September 1977, I was taken before Maitreya, who asked if I would take, publicly, communications from him which, since 1974, I had received in the privacy of the group with which I work. On September 6, 1977, the first public message was given at Friends House, Euston Road, London. The messages are relayed by me to the audience. No trance or mediumship is involved, and the voice is mine, strengthened in power and altered in pitch by the overshadowing energy of Maitreya. They are transmitted simultaneously on all the astral and mental planes, while I supply the basic etheric physical vibration for this to take place. From these subtle levels, the messages impress the minds and hearts of countless people who are gradually made aware of the thoughts and the presence of the Christ. He releases in this way fragments of his teaching to prepare the climate of hope and expectancy which will ensure his being accepted and followed quickly and gladly. In the March 2014 issue of Share International magazine, Mark Gregory from California, USA a musician and long-time student of the Ageless Wisdom teaching, reviewed this book as follows. Many readers of Share International magazine and those who have followed the reappearance story for some time will have read and reread these messages from Maitreya, turning to them over and again for inspiration, guidance and solace. Yet however familiar we may have become with them, it is worth noting how extraordinary it is that they exist at all, that the world teacher might choose to address humanity in this way, that is, through the agency of a uniquely qualified man, as a part of his effort to reacquaint us with himself and proclaim the fact of his presence in the modern world. In the time since these messages were first given, between autumn 1977 
and spring 1982, much has changed. Yet much remains to be done before we are living in the kind of planetary community Maitreya envisions. There is no doubt then that his advent is an event of unprecedented significance. Nothing less than a turning point for the world and the future of all life upon it. And because of the significance of the event and the nature of the messages themselves, it is something of a challenge to write about them. Some years ago, in his spare time, a young man would occasionally browse through a New Age bookstore he knew of not far from his home. Not being particularly well informed on spiritual matters, but having a certain distaste for organised religion, he nevertheless kept seeing an unusual looking book with a large silver lined red diamond set against a vivid blue background on the cover, with the title Messages from Maitreya the Christ. Every time he found himself meandering through the bookstore, this particular volume would quietly draw his attention. At first, owing to a certain scepticism, he really had no interest at all. Maitreya, he thought, who on earth could that be? After a few more visits, no matter what path he took ambling through the store, he always seemed to end up looking at the red diamond on the blue background. Something like, just buy it, will you, kept running through his head, so he bought the book. It probably isn't difficult to figure out that the young man was me, and it certainly isn't that my personal experiences are so important, except for the fact that they, or something like them, are probably shared by many as they first come into contact with these messages. Needless to say, I did read them, and in so doing, my initial scepticism disappeared, completely overwhelmed as I was by their extraordinary power, simplicity and profundity of utterance. They seemed to bypass all the inhibitory tendencies of the mind and strike a resonant chord on a much deeper level, or on all levels at once. It is not unimportant that this is so. These messages cut right to the heart of the most seemingly complex, intractable issues and boldly point a way out. Not only do we live in a world saturated with unnecessary fear that grips most of us in large ways and small, but partially as a result of that fear, much of the human race has become mired in inaction. We love to discuss. We love to conduct studies, to inquire, to complicate when we claim to be elucidating, to debate and to constantly toss issues back and forth. In essence, we love to talk, remaining mired in equivocation and inertia. And indeed, there are those who would like nothing more than to see this vainglorious inactivity continue ad infinitum. The problems of men are real, but solvable. Take your brother's need as the measure for your action and solve the problems of the world. There is no other course. Message number 52. In that succinct statement, volumes are spoken. In it lies a tremendous antidote and a challenge to our paralysis and inertia. And in that statement also lies the central theme of Maitreya's message. 
one that he returns to again and again, the principle of sharing. Maitreya speaks with focused power and clarity about the monumental, agonizing injustice of dire poverty and its proliferation throughout the world, of how that poverty is completely unnecessary, and of how its existence is an affront to our essential nature and to the nature of reality itself. How can you be content with the modes within which you now live, when millions starve and die in squalor, when the rich parade their wealth before the poor, when each man is his neighbour's enemy, when no man trusts his brother? For how long must you live thus, my friends? For how long can you support this degradation? Message number 81 our fear and our problems derive from a flaw in our collective perception. We have yet to grasp an essential reality of life, that all are one. Firstly, men must see themselves as brothers, sons of the one Father. This is essential if they would progress one step nearer the Godhead. Message number 11. For only in so far as man correctly relates to man does he so relate to God. Message 29. The crime of separation must be driven from this world. I affirm that as my purpose. Message 93. Were we to actually see reality the way Maitreya and the Masters see it, we would gladly forego the crime of separation and all the misery to which it leads. All over the world, more and more people, as a response to the energy he embodies, and that he and the Masters radiate, sense this and are increasingly convinced that life can and must be infinitely better than it presently is. The major need today is for the transformation of the structures within which you now live. Your civilization, my friends, is dying, nay, it is already dead. Out of its ashes will grow a new beauty, whose basis is love, justice and sharing. Message 107 No matter how pointed or blunt Maitreya is in certain passages concerning the state of the world and the dangers we face, he also never fails to inspire and encourage. He repeatedly reminds us of who we truly are and what we can do to regain our poise and reconnect with our essential nature. My plan is to realise within you that which you truly are, to show you that you stem from the Godhead itself, and to that divine source must return. Message 66 Despite the signs, the changes are occurring. Despite the tension, my love is spread abroad. Know this and be at peace within yourselves, and raise the hope of men. Message 22 Smilingly turn your gaze on the future. Laughingly turn your back on the past. Gratefully receive the blessing of God's love and create anew the plan. Message number 104. My mission begins. Already much is accomplished. Soon the tide will turn and men will sense and respond in joy to my presence. Message number 49. The tremendous tension in the world notwithstanding, there is no doubt that since these words were first spoken, many things have changed for the better.
there is a new and fresh impetus for real justice, especially among young people, who increasingly want no part in the divisive, warlike ways of the past. Protests like the Arab Spring and the Occupy movements across the globe, the development of the internet and the capacity for information and images to go viral in literally minutes, are connecting peoples around the world in ways heretofore unimagined. In his call for true peace, brotherhood and justice, Maitreya states, When I make myself known, I shall express the hope of all mankind for a new life, a new start and readiness to change direction, to see the construction of a new world in which men can live in peace, can live free from fear of themselves or their brothers, free to create from the joy in their hearts, free to be themselves, in simple honesty. Message number eight. In approximately 100 television interviews given always incognito over the past three years, Maitreya has, it would seem, done precisely that. And as he continues with his emergence, there is an exhortation that appears, expressed in various ways in almost every message. If you would serve me and serve the world, make known, my friends, that I am here. Message number 69. Maitreya is certain that humanity will make the right choices, that we will follow his and the Master's guidance and do what is necessary to transform the world. I know that within men sits a divine being, whose plan it is that love and justice should triumph. This being so, the end is assured. Message 77 Or, in the words of Benjamin Krem, one day this planet will shine like a diamond in the heavens. There are also passages so ineffably moving, so profoundly expressive, that they seem to simply stop time. Every careful reader will find several or many of his or her own. Passages like Look for me in the dark places, where hunger and strife abound. Know me as the brother of the poor, the rejected of the world. See me thus, my friends and brothers, and see the Lord of love. Message number 128. Clearly, the value of these messages is not confined solely to the information conveyed by the words themselves. The choice of words, their placement in context, the rhythm and the flow of the language, and the way Maitreya returns to the same ideas expressed in different ways, all give the messages a mantric quality. Thus, as Benjamin Krem points out in his foreword to the book, they can be used to focus personal and group meditations. Many transmission meditation groups play one of the recorded messages before each meditation, as vehicles for serious and prolonged contemplation, and as means of powerfully invoking his energy and some measure of his attention. Also, while in many of the messages Maitreya presents himself as a simple man, the great friend of old, the elder brother of the human race, in every tenth one he speaks more expansively about his true status, as the one awaited by all of humanity, as the living embodiment of the Christ principle on earth, 
as the avatar for the age of Aquarius. I am the saviour of old. I am the teacher of the new. I am the guide for the future time. I am the law embodied. I am truth itself. I am your friend and brother. I am yourself. Message number 70. The more expansive tone of every tenth message gives the entire set an overarching mantric rhythm and quality, amplifying upon the rhythms of the individual messages. It cannot have been an easy task to have descended from his ancient retreat in the Himalaya, from a level of consciousness so heightened and so exalted, to take up the burden of teaching and revitalizing a world so lost so steeped in materialism, greed, ancient hatreds and conflicts. It cannot be easy to undertake to guide the likes of us, we who have gone so far adrift and who have so much to learn and relearn. Nevertheless, out of his great love for humanity, for the potential gods that he sees we are, and because of his role as custodian of the divine plan and as God's lieutenant, he gladly again takes up this burden. Perhaps that is as much as needs be said. Surely nothing written about the messages could possibly substitute for one's reading and experiencing them first hand, for they speak more than eloquently for themselves, and perhaps they remind us of nothing more important than this. Take heart, my friends, all will be well all manner of things will be well. You're listening to the World Teacher Programme on Wellington's Access Radio 106.1 FM. Our next piece is an article titled Maitreya's Messages What Does He Ask of Us? by Patricia Pichon, a freelance journalist and translator and the author of a book called Searching for Maitreya. It's sourced from the January-February 2021 double issue of Share International magazine and begins Too often we ask much of spiritual teachers and guides or of whatever divine power we may believe in. But how often do we think of and implement, however imperfectly, what is asked of us? Our excuses to ourselves range from, that is too difficult, why should I even try? To, oh yes, I will try that sometime. And then the intention slips away. My tries messages have some unique characteristics. Each one has a certain declamatory style full of gravitas, yet there is often a direct, almost intimate approach and a simplicity entirely devoid of pomposity. In his first message, Maitreya addresses people as my brothers and sisters, and also as my children, my friends. He also tells us, my manifestation is complete and accomplished, I am verily in the world. He adds, but there is much to do, much that needs changing in the world. Many hunger and die, many suffer needlessly. And further, I come to change all that, to show you the way forward. 
into a simpler, saner, happier life together. No longer man against man, nation against nation, but together as brothers shall we go forth into the new country. In his second message he speaks of food which lies rotting in the storehouses of the world, and he offers his help to us as teacher, protector, friend and guide. Here also Maitreya announces that the masters who work with him, the masters of wisdom, are also among us, and he asks us directly, help them in their work. He explains, know too that they are building the new age through you. However, this does not happen by itself. When even a few gather together and begin to work for others, motivated by service rather than profit, personal ambition or a misplaced competitive rather than a cooperative spirit, answering the basic needs that enable men to live, to hope, to thrive, the masters augment our efforts by sending their energy. Most urgent is the access to enough food and water, as well as shelter, but also help with education and training, which can take many forms, access to medical help, and even programs that enable people to meet, to talk, to share a meal and simply enjoy companionship. These efforts often develop into broader community efforts, which in turn, if successful, become blueprints which inspire others. Many people are stretching themselves beyond their own circle at this time, and the results, whether grand, due to very generous donations, or developing from modest beginnings, are bringing joy and genuine relief, even in the middle of a serious global pandemic. So the task of salvation is evidently a collective and cooperative one, not one that Maitreya and the Masters of Wisdom will accomplish on their own. This aspect may be difficult to accept for those awaiting a saviour who will save us single-handedly. The realisation that we must help and act together for change to happen and for the creation of that new country is indeed sobering. Maitreya adds these encouraging words. Take heart, my dear friends. All will be well. All manner of things will be well. Just how much responsibility rests on our shoulders is something Maitreya clarifies in his third message. Mine is the task to lead and guide, but you willingly must follow. Otherwise I can do nothing. My hands are tied by law. The decision rests with mankind. When Maitreya speaks of the law, he refers to spiritual law, which he must abide by. In this case, what is clear is that he offers help, but we must act. The image some may have of an all-powerful saviour working by himself is not accurate. Our cooperation really is required. We matter, we can contribute and in this way build a new world. Gently but persistently, Maitreya encourages us to understand how we can work with him. In message number 116, he says, My brothers, the world longs for love, for the manifestation of brotherhood and justice. Help me to create in the world that blessed joy. Take your place at my side and work as never before. Help me, my friends. 
to create a pool of love so deep that all men may quench their thirst. My teaching is simple. Justice and love, sharing and peace will bring men to God. Aside from asking for our help and offering his help in so many ways, Maitreya has also created these messages as mantras. This means that when said aloud, they invoke his energy. In effect, it is possible to benefit from this whether you feel his energy physically or not. I was unaware of this when I was translating Benjamin Krem's first book, The Reappearance of the Christ and the Masters of the Wisdom, into Spanish. I remember feeling anxious to find a way of retaining the particular qualities of these messages in the translation, and to this end I said them aloud over and over again, in both languages, for the better part of a day. In the afternoon, when I had completed this task, I suddenly burst into tears. I wept so deeply I felt as if my heart would break. After I had recovered somewhat, and feeling both puzzled and astonished, I phoned Benjamin Krem and explained what had just happened, wondering about the meaning of this. He said, Oh, it's not surprising. You have been saying Maitreya's messages all day, and therefore you have been invoking his energy too. I can say without hesitation that his energy can be described as the energy of love, not just any love, but something powerful, direct, extraordinary. I know of no way of describing it other than as divine love. His view is that it is our natural birthright and is an expression of our God within, our divine self, which is our true self. It is our task to express it through our words and actions, and his to help us in this endeavour. It is not possible to do justice in one article to the range and depth of all the messages which were delivered in this way to the general public, but I think it is appropriate to publish here in the Share International magazine at least one of Maitreya's messages in full. It offers those who may not have access to the book which contains all of them a chance to read and perhaps to say aloud and to ponder the meaning of Maitreya's words. These messages seem to speak from the divine in him to the divine in us. And that's our program for today. If you have any questions or would like to know more about the world teacher Maitreya, and the Masters of Wisdom, please call us on 06-3646-101 that's 06-3646-101 or visit the website share-international.org where you'll find more information on the various aspects of the emergence. To inquire about Share International magazine subscriptions, books by Benjamin Krem or our monthly free of charge newsletter which contains extracts from the current Share International magazine, the number is 04234-1133. That number again is 04234-1133 or write to P.O. Box 9576 Wellington. Thank you for listening to us on Wellington's Access Radio 106.1 FM and please tune in to our next World Teacher Programme on Saturday the 2nd of October at the usual time of 10am.
You can listen again to this program and previous ones by visiting our website at share-international-nz.info and click on the radio tab. That program was brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks New Zealand On Air for funding accessmedia.nz.